Smoking and Drinking in Space is a proud member of the Ear Glue Media Network. James, the man they call James. He robbed from the rich and he gave to the poor. Stood up to the man and he gave him what for. Our love for him now ain't hard to explain. The hero of Canton, the man they call James. Jane saw the mother's backs breaking. He saw the mother's lament. And he saw the magistrate taking every dollar and leaving five cents. So he said, You can't do that to my people. He uh, said, Can't crush Jane? them under your heel. Yeah, no. Jane strapped on his hat. You got any light you'd like to shed on this development? Stole everything Boss Higgins had to see. No, Mel. No. This must be what going mad feels like. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. I'm Jason, and with me this week is James and Rob. Say hi, James and Rob. Hi, James, hi, James and, Rob. and Rob. Very nice. good. You guys could take direction. I'm, I'm very proud of both of you. I can math. <laughs> and this week, we continue searching for the ears that Jane so desperately wants as we discuss Firefly Season 1, Episodes 6 and 7, our Mrs. Reynolds and Janestown. But first, uh, let's say we do some news, guys. News. Do it. All right, James, what do you got this week? So the Avengers is opening this weekend, right? We're all yeah. excited about that. Well, it, it opened yeah. a couple weekends ago, but yeah. Oh, shit. We're doing time travel. Yeah, we're doing time yeah. travel again. Time travel. Damn it. I can't go into the future and tell you what the news is. I can only tell you what the news was. And according to the news today, which is not your today, it's my today. It's your yesterday. Man, uh, this is what? difficult. Just wait till you see Avengers. Uh, Endgame is projected to gross, spoilery kind of, uh, 850 to $900 million globally. Jeez. I, yeah, that's a and lot that's, of money. And like, is that over its total run or just the open a weekend? That's Endgame is projected to gross eight hundred and fifty to nine hundred million dollars globally. It's opening weekend. Holy crap! That is a massive I, amount. Yeah, I saw something that said they thought maybe almost a billion. So nine hundred million is pretty close. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so. I've seen the movie. You two haven't, so I'm not spoiling anything. I promise I won't spoil anything at all. Uh, it's very, very good. Very, very good. There were a couple of things that I will um, address elsewhere later that I have issue with, issue, uh, if you will. And uh, so I'm looking forward to getting that off my chest with people who have seen the movie. Uh, but other than that, very good movie. It is three hours long. So uh, here's here's what I did. 
to prepare myself for sitting in the same place for three hours because I didn't want to miss a minute. You brought a donut, didn't you? No. No? No. What the hell is this donut going to do? I, a hemorrhoid donut. Keep his butt nice and soft. No, so the the theater that I that I go to here in 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 you know BFE Iowa, uh, they have these reclining seats now. Ooh. They're big leather, uh, probably pleather, but they feel leather. Welcome uh, to the modern age. I was right? going to say we've had that for years. Well, this is brand new technology <laughs> here in Iowa. We are several wait, years wait, wait. behind everywhere else. Do you have a thing where you can order food and they deliver it to you while you're watching your movie? I fucking hate Rob. Oh <laughs> man, no movie tavern for you. So this was my this is what I did because I didn't want to move. I didn't want to miss a minute of cinematic history, the cinematic masterpiece uh, that will win no no awards. Uh, no. So what I did was I stopped drinking uh, anything at about uh, six thirty at night. And uh, I'm, the, the show time that I was at was 1045. It didn't really start till 11 because previews. But I didn't drink anything from 645 until I got to the theater and I got my large soda because I, so I could stay awake because God knows I'm an old man and I'm usually asleep by 11 every night. Right. So uh, I got my big giant thing, uh, uh, a Mountain Dew or whatever, and, and, and that's when I started drinking. But what I did was I, I had to pee when I stopped drinking. Uh, last night about 6.30. No water, no soda, no nothing, no tea. Uh, and, and I had a pee, so I held it as long as I possibly could. Ba- bladder infection be damned. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I finally peed at about 9.30, 9.45 last night. Took off to the theater, got something to drink, sat down. And I sat in that seat, glued, glued to the screen uh, until something happened in the movie and it pissed me off. And then uh, I was kind of unglued for a couple of minutes, and then I got re-glued, and I finished this amazing movie. Uh, and I didn't pee until I got home until about 2.30. But then I'm all wound up from the caffeine. Right. And I didn't so, go, I couldn't sleep till about 4, 4.30. Oh, <laughs> so you're no. going gonna to crash in the middle of our podcast, right? <laughs> Possibly, yes. Because well, I didn't James get a nap today. Was- well, I was watching these two episodes of Firefly we're going to talk about here in just a minute, and I didn't want, I did, I wanted to be super prepared for tonight, and I thought, I should nap instead, uh, but but no, I am a podcaster first and foremost, you and so are. I had to soldier on. You are a machine. Can't I am a very that. tired machine. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, yeah, I'm, I'm actually watching Avengers Endgame tomorrow night, which is uh, the Saturday uh, of opening weekend. Um, and then we are also going to do a retrospective on that Sunday uh, Sunday morning, right? I think, yeah. Uh, for the, the film appraisers. So uh, Whenever Josh McCray tells me to be there, I'll be there. I don't know, Sunday right, morning, right. I don't know. What is it, 10 o'clock or something we got a podcast? 10.30, 10 o'clock, somewhere around there. Josh, right. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. Jason, I know you're not going to hear this before ten. Until I, uh, yeah, I know. I'm I'm yeah. making an, exce- an exception. <laughs> so is this really a retrospective, though? I mean, that makes it sound like we're we're some kind of critics of movies. Well, no, we're we're just going to discuss what we saw and and I basically argue over that. Discuss this with you on that podcast because it's going to be glorious. Like you and I will butt heads over what I am very disappointed about. Oh yeah, I I I can only imagine. 
And I think I kind of, yeah, I, I'm pretty I, I, sure I'll be able to pick that out pretty oh, easily. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me just tell you, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. This is what I'll tell you. I, I, I wanted to get up and walk out of the theater just to prove a point, but it was like two hours, two hours and 15 minutes, somewhere around there into this three hour movie. And I'm like, well, I'm already invested in everything else. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well just sit here and just try to forget that they shoehorn this in principles and, be damned right principles be damned <laughs> i wanted to see how the fucking thing ended and i did <laughs> and it's amazing here's the other thing i will say there is no post uh credit scene yeah there's just a sound clip. there's just a sound uh Boink. do you want me to spoil what the sound is because i mean unless you know you'll be like is that this or is it this well yeah because if i can beat the crowd outside and i don't need to listen to yeah. the sound at the end yeah so the credits uh they, they give like uh the, Basically, it's a montage of, um, of of the actors and who played all these characters throughout the years, right? So it's kind of a nod to them. Uh, but then at the very, very end, there is no post credit scene. There's just a sound of clanking. And that clanking is indeed from the Iron Man movie when Tony Stark is in the cave building the very first Iron Man suit. Yep. Oh, that's a nice callback. Yeah, so he it's a, started it, it. Yeah, it's a nod to him. Like, there's a there's a very good write up that I want to talk about so badly, but I won't because it'll spoil everything, and I don't want to spoil anything. So uh, that's all I have for news. Cool, Rob. What do you got? Well, I've got some uh, Avenger news. Um, by the time you hear this, I've seen it. It was awesome, awesome, great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I especially liked that one scene where they did that one thing to stop that one person from doing that other one thing. Wait, wait, wait. Is this the part awesome. where Harry yes. Potter and yes. Chewie flew the Millennium Falcon to Babylon 5 so they could get on board the Enterprise so they could take Harry to Gryffindor? Is that what they... I don't even know what the fuck Gryffindor is. Is that... Uh, have I hit all of the major... Uh, you left out the uh, part where um, uh, Barney had a sing-song... Um, number. How the fuck is Barney sci-fi? You, you took this to a know. really dark place. <laughs> I know. Um, I I why, why would you go there? I don't know. Were the Teletubbies know. involved somehow? Yeah. I think. Okay, so we are going way the fuck off the rails here. Let's 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 bring this back into reality. Okay, great. Um, so reality. Um. Since we are time traveling right now, you know, talking about the future in the past or the past in the future, whatever, um, there is some news that uh, the Scarlet Witch and Vision TV series is supposedly going to be taking place in the 50s. Um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen basically... Uh, talked about it at uh, one of the premieres or at the premiere. Um, they were asking about the Disney, uh, uh, what are they calling it? WandaVision, I believe. Um, they were talking about that. Uh, and she said that it's going to be set in the 50s. So apparently there is some time traveling being involved because uh, I don't think Wanda's that old. Well, Vision didn't exist until, what, 2010? Right. So, color me intrigued or purple. I don't know which. 
Yeah. And let's not delve any deeper into this because that could be kind of spoilery as as well because I I'd, I'd really like to know where in the timeline their their series is going to take place, but I don't want to know that right now. So, what's your next right. news item? <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, the other news item isn't really a news item. Um, it's something that I realized uh, that we never talked about last recording, and that is, how was the LPIC? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never you never told us how that went. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I mean, he was the LPIC. I don't know what else you want me to say. He was little and in charge, so... <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't well, know. Well, now he, so well, at the at the trailer uh, reveal, the the episode nine uh, panel, uh, it was Stephen Colbert that did yeah. the MC duties for that, right? And I I when I found out that it was Stephen Colbert that did that, I so wanted to be there. Dude, he so, is such a Star Wars geek. Uh, yeah, he's a sci fi geek. He's something, all right. Uh, yeah. That was not a highlight for me. I would have rather seen the LPIC instead of Colbert, but whatever. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm not an LPIC fan by any stretch of the imagination. He seems like a very nice fellow. He seems like a very nice individual. The LPIC, fellow. I mean, not Stephen Colbert. He seems like a giant douchebag. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the LPIC uh, seems like a very nice fellow. Um, so, yeah, I would have rather seen him than Colbert. I just, oh, I don't, you're, I you're don't, just... I don't care about Colbert. I feel like, uh, this is, I mean, this is kind of newsish, I guess, because he, he led that panel. The thing is, is Colbert is such a big star, whether you like him or you don't. I mean, he, he is what he is. He's a big star. He's, he's one of the, 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 the big three late night guys. He's, he's genuinely, or at least he used to be genuinely funny. Uh, I don't really think he's all that funny anymore. Um, and so <laughs> to have him on, to have him on in, in lieu of someone who was more star Warsy and who maybe wouldn't have taken away from, I mean, he's a bigger star in, in, uh, all, uh, for all intents and purposes than some of the people on that panel. So I, I just, I felt like, I, I felt like that was a poor decision. Like I get that he's a star Wars fan. I get that. And I just feel like, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I just felt like he was taken away a little something from some of the people on the stage. Because, And I get that you want to have him come out there and you want to have him warm up the crowd. You want to have him tell jokes and be funny and get everybody excited. Well, guess what? You're in a room full of 10,000 Star Wars nerds. You really don't have to fucking warm them up. Bring JJ out, bring, bring Kathy out, bring the cast out, let them do their thing, and they're going to get warmed up. And then you have Ian McDermott come out. And say, roll it again. Guess what? They're going to fucking go nuts. And you really don't have to have Stephen Colbert there to warm anybody up. They were ready, willing, and able to cheer as loudly as they did with or without Colbert. So yeah, I would you rather don't see have to have them there. But man, can you imagine the, ex the just the, the added benefit of having him there? Oh, no, I don't have to imagine it. I saw it and I went, this was the sound that I made. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that, that was the sound that I made. That's what came out of my mouth hole. Uh, and then I was very happy when he shut the fuck up and the panel came out. So, Okay, so I will be getting you uh, a couple of his books for your birthday this year. 
Perfect. Uh, I will. I've got a couple of books lined up for you, autographed as well. <laughs> the best of Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. So, um, this week, my news item is there's a new Men in Black International trailer out there in the wild. It's an extended trailer. Um, they they did their teaser trailer several months ago. Uh, we discussed that. Uh, this gives a, a much deeper look into uh, into the movie. Liam Neeson's gonna Liam Neeson is going to be in it. Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth. Um, I can't remember the the uh, British lady's uh, name. Uh, that she's isn't it Dame something or another. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't, I don't yeah. remember. So. Emma Thompson. There you go. Dame, Emma Thompson. Dame, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Jeez, dude, I'm looking at I'm looking at your uh, uh, your news article here, and it's <laughs> posted right there. I'm not reading. Yeah, I'm not reading. I don't know how to read. I, I never learned to read. <laughs> so it's it it's actually a really good trailer. Um, it's it's got it really some is. funny bits in it. Uh, it, it makes the, the movie look even more compelling to me than, than what it did during the teaser trailer. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I think they're going to, it, it looks good. I think they're going to do a good job with this. It's now, good to see Chris Hemsworth and, and Tessa Thompson back together again right. outside of Thor too. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. they've, they've got some great chemistry. I'm really looking forward to this movie. At first when I heard they were doing new men in black, I was like, eh. And then the teaser trailer, I was still like, Nah, uh, but uh, he's Hemsworth's got some comedic chops, man. Yeah, he does. So I, I'm 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 all in on this movie. I'll probably see it at the theater. It looks really good. He was good in uh, the Ghostbusters movie too. I think he was one of the funniest characters in that movie. He just just his character. And... I'm not I'm not familiar with this movie. What is it? <laughs> it's the Ghostbuster remake. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought you've seen it. They did this? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, they did. I, I, no, I've never seen... Mm-mm, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I just threw up a little bit on now. Yeah. Oh, both of you can go to hell. All right, so um, definitely check out uh, the news articles. We'll have those up on the show notes page. Um, go check out the film appraisers. We've got a couple of mini episodes that uh, James and I recorded with Joe and Josh uh, that... Uh, Take a look at uh, our predictions for Endgame that we recorded before the movie, and then uh, we record an episode after the movie to discuss what we watched on opening weekend. So check those out. Those are available, and the film appraisers will have a new movie that they'll be appraising this week or um, this month in May, Uh, so definitely check that out as well. Wow, you went way in the future. I did. It's, I it's did. still April. Shut up. This is going to release <laughs> in May. Oh, okay. All right, you guys ready for the pod crawl? Oh, please. Hit me with it, baby. Let's do it. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl? The pod crawl! Pod crawl! Pod crawl! Pod crawl! Excellent! Insert it deep! Pod crawl! Kind of like a space suppository full of information. On our Mrs. Reynolds, Jane and his wife, Mal, are set upon by bandits. 
However, it was all a part of their master plan to trap the bandits that had been robbing the area, and after a half-hearted attempt to get them to surrender, the Serenity Trinity mowed the bandits down. Later, the Serenity crew party on the Outer Planets version of Las Vegas where everyone dances with strangers, Jane gets a rain stick from Amish Steve Martin, and Mal gets blackout drunk and married. Mal's new wife, Saffron, is eager to please, and the crew, except Anara, find the entire situation very amusing. Saffron scurries about the ship making herself useful in service to Mal in hopes that he will keep her as his wife while Mal chases her around the ship trying to convince her she's got a bright future in ranching ahead. Eventually, Saffron surprises Mal with a bed-warming gift and makes a deal with him, one night of marital bliss and then he can drop her off at the Ponderosa. She gives him a big sloppy kiss, and Mal, who hasn't known the embrace of a woman for quite a while, loses all blood to his brain and passes out. Saffron, unsatisfied, goes on the hunt for another piece of man-meat and comes across Wash at the helm. She tries to seduce him with astronomical fables but underestimates the powerful hold Zoe has on her man, so she goes Captain Cavewoman on him and knocks him out. Still hot and bothered and now in a rage, she programs the Serenity to head toward an electromagnetic chop shop where two coal miners have taken up residence. Whilst making her escape to one of the shuttles she runs across Inara who gives her the third degree. Seizing upon this last chance to quell the fire that rages in her nethers, she trades verbal swordplay with Inara who can see straight past her bullshit. One sloppy roundhouse later, Saffron is on the shuttle and away. Inara runs to Mal's quarters where she finds him unconscious. Not wanting to waste an opportunity, she gives Mal a big sloppy kiss of her own. As she heads to find the doctor, her lady boner steals all the blood from her brain and she passes out. <laughs> Jane uses fire to get everyone back in the bridge where Wash and Kaylee get to work fixing the ship. As they approach the space spider web, Mal and Jane decide to go plinking from the cargo hold and disable the chop shop net as well as facing the two miners who live there. Mal finds Saffron and confronts her, but lets her live, Inara and Mal have a candid conversation and roll Mal's lesbian fantasy shit-eating grin credits. On Janestown, Kaylee and Simon discuss the proper time and place for swears as Mal preps the crew for their next jerk. The deal is taking place on a planet where Jane has a history, and he's dressing up as the Midnight Bomber what bombs at midnight to disguise himself and blend in. Mal recruits Simon to act as the high-class front man for their plan to get past the foreman because Simon already has the stick up his ass. Mal and crew tour the mud pits that made this backwater relevant where they come across a shrine to Jane made in the medium of the area, mud. Not quite sure what to think, they head to the local bar to meet their contact. Several drinks in, a man who looks very out of place in the local dive informs Mal that his contact is dead but that he knows where the goods are, and all Mal has to do is cause a distraction the next day and load them up. A young boy recognizes Jane and the entire town erupts into song for their famed hero, Jane, who they think is some kind of Robin Hood. Jane explains to Mal and crew that the last time he was on planet he and a partner were stealing a bunch of money from the local magistrate. Their aircraft was hit as they were escaping and Jane eventually had to dump the cash in order to stay in the air. The cash he dumped landed on the local town, cash he could have used to learn how to fly better. The foreman alerts the magistrate that Jane is back and the magistrate unleashes Jane's partner in crime, and little blue alien, stitched from his four-year confinement. It seems Jane not only dumped the money to stay aloft, he dumped his partner first. The next day Kaylee peels herself off of Simon when Mal comes back to the bar to round everyone up. The town has declared the day Jane's day, and Mal intends to use the festivities as his distraction to load up the cargo. Everyone leaves Simon to his breakfast and head into town when Stitch shows up to kick the shit out of Simon, because it's been a couple episodes since that's happened. Mal and crew load up the cargo while Jane gives what everyone seems to believe is a speech. Stitch then breaks up the party by dragging Simon into the crowd and calling Jane out. Even after telling the townspeople the true tale of Robin Jane they support him, and a frustrated Stitch goes to shoot Jane. 
A young townie doing his best Kevin Costner in the bodyguard impression leaps in front of Jane and takes the blast. Jane then does his best the blue Raja and chucks a knife straight into Stitch's chest. A brief embrace later and Jane bashes Stitch's head in on the Jane statue. In frustrated grief and confusion, Jane tears down the statue. The Serenity takes off thanks to another of Inara's satisfied customers, Simon and Kaylee have a heart-to-heart, -heart, and roll Jane dealing with conflicting emotions and not being a one-dimensional character any more credits. How dare them. <laughs> he still wants his ears. Like, let's yeah. just, he wants a sash of ears. It's what he wants. Yes, That's he why does. he was so upset at the end of that episode. Right. Which I'm right. surprised he didn't get, you know, at least one ear before he threw his partner over the... He, he got an eye. Those don't last like uh, ears do. That's why he that's, switched to ears. Oh, right. he used to collect eyes? Well, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't take a couple of ears from Stitch after he bashed his head in, but maybe he was just so upset from, you know, having people actually care about him and his actions. Yeah, look, this is, out of the two episodes, this is my least favorite, which doesn't mean anything because it was only my least favorite because Saffron wasn't in it. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, this was a really good episode. I can't wait to talk about it, but I want to just real quick. If you're not watching these episodes like beforehand, like, so this one we're doing what we're doing, uh, our, our Mrs. Reynolds and then Janestown. If you're not watching these episodes and then listening to the pod crawl, you are doing yourself a disservice because the pod crawl is hilarious, but just picturing Mal with the bonnet on in a dress <laughs> as, yeah. as Jane's wife breezy. is amazing. Yeah. It's breezy. That's that's what one of my little notes here it was that is one ugly lady. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Mal is Mal is not a pretty woman. Right, he's like you might want no, to rethink a, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jane can do better. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, I, that was kind of the whole, uh, that was the theme of this whole episode, right? Was that anybody could do better than Mal. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this episode was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I think, uh, I think this episode was kind of a palate cleanser episode from the very, very deep episodes that we got a couple before it. So um, you didn't get a lot of of forwarding the main story in this episode. Uh, you, you really didn't get a lot of character development beyond maybe some of, of Mal's morality uh, in this episode. It was, it was basically just kind of a, kind of a eh. caper episode. It was, it, it was, it was, but you got a lot of, I think you got a lot, you got a better understanding uh, uh, between Malin and, and Anara and their relationship and what's really b underneath the surface. Well, but because I mean, we, we already saw that several kind times. Kind of, but there wasn't, like, when she thought, I mean, I know we're jumping ahead here, but when she thought Mal was dead, she's, like, and I, this kind of goes to what we're going to talk about with, with how well Saffron uh, was reading people. Like, she knew exactly how Anara felt about Mal. Uh, and neither Mal or Inara had voiced how they felt about each other. And it's kind of just all been bubbling under the surface. So you're right. This is kind of a palate, palate cleanser. It's kind of a fun, you know, caper uh, uh, episode. This, you know, we're going to have a little bit of fun. But they still, I think they moved these two characters forward. And I think we really needed this before the next episode where we kind of really dive into Jane. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and it's very heavy uh, at the end. So, I, I, I also I agree. I was gonna say, keep in mind this is uh, 
aired as episode three. Yeah, I don't. We're not. I <laughs> yeah. don't want to do this. Yeah, Why we're, do we're this? not discussing Fox's stupidity and their scheduling. But I like to bring it up every time. Yeah, it's, I know. I know. Yeah. But yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, if this were the third episode that you saw in the series, I don't know that I would have continued the series because I mean, and, I got canceled and I for a reason. Yeah. And I think that was one of the reasons that the show was canceled was because Fox was trying to play this show off as kind of a space comedy. And it, it's not. I mean, it's got some comedic moments, but it is definitely not a, a comedic show. It's, it's, it's got a lot more drama in it than it does than it does comedy. Yeah, no, I, I, it is, it is a drama. It's not even a drama D. It, it, it's a straight up drama, and they just use elements of comedy to break up the monotony of a drama. Yeah, or like, to, to to keep it from just yeah being so heavy that it's not watchable. Yeah, so I, I agree. I don't like. I get what they were trying to do. But it, it, the tone of the show and even like when you watch it as a whole, the tone of the show doesn't make sense in the way that Fox wanted to order it. And and when you watch it the way it's supposed to, like we're doing, it makes so much more sense. It flows so much better. And you really start to get a sense of, and I know I think I've said this before on every episode we've done so far of Sadist, uh, that uh, you get this, this, this feeling of what Joss was trying to create and the epicness that it was, that it was destined to be, uh, that never was. Yeah. So do you like this, uh, show? James? Favorite television show ever. I don't know. I seem to have seen a list like earlier today or yesterday of, of shows that you ranked and this was like fourth or fifth. I don't, I don't understand oh, that. Yeah. I was just, yeah. Well, this, that, that was movies as well. Mm. So this wouldn't be so, your favorite like show. This is your favorite TV show, but it wouldn't rank above some movies that you've seen. Is that right? Is that no, yeah, saying? it wouldn't rank above. It wouldn't rank above some of the Star Trek movies. It wouldn't rank above. Uh, I, mean, I mean, if seriously, if you want to go down this path, we can. When you take the Wrath of Khan and you couple it with Into Darkness, and you take those two standalone movies as one and one is a standalone work of art and the other is standalone work of art, but then they intertwine in a way that it can only be done because of JJ's Kelvin universe creation. I mean, it's amazing. It is an amazing uh, piece of art, how they mirror each other and how one universe is, is almost the exact opposite in ways of the other. It's just perfectly done in my opinion. Uh, and so for that, I, Star Trek, the series, all of it, together uh for me is my favorite franchise um star wars is i don't know six seventh i don't know <laughs> jj kind of ruined that uh but yeah firefly i think what i have firefly serenity's on a fourth yeah something like that yeah yeah, yeah. so I, that's a, that's respectable when you put it up against some of these you know larger franchises lord of the rings and well i i, um, I will agree that that wrath of Khan was awesome into darkness was crap but we're moving on <laughs> and <laughs> I like how you 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 praise JJ for one thing and then tear him down for another. Well, sure. Nobody's perfect. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, nobody's perfect. The first five seasons of Supernatural were great. After that, like the next seventy-two, it's kind of all meh. It's the same thing over and over. But the first five seasons, some of the best on television, right? Ever. So, show of hands, 
who among us hasn't gone to Las Vegas, got blackout drunk, and married somebody? I mean, oh, me. my hands yeah, me. up. My I've done it twice, three times now. So, nah, I gotten haven't. blacked out drunk and married somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. Is this a common thing that people do? Uh, apparently, <laughs> I was not aware of that. Oh. <laughs> Jason's just sitting at his house. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to Vegas. I'm I got a hankering for a marriage. <laughs> I, I got a hankering for a new wife. Have you seen okay, the video? Honey, Have you seen see the you video on Sunday. Of, uh, uh, of, uh, who's the crazy dude? Uh, why am I blanking on this guy's name all of a sudden? Nicholas Cage, where he's angrily singing Purple Rain after his marriage is annulled. Uh, he got married to some chick in Vegas and then he had it annulled and he went to a karaoke bar and he's angrily singing Purple Rain. Yeah, I heard that he got married and then got it annulled like four days later. Uh, What's yeah. with the Purple Rain anger I don't singing? Know. Like, it's very angry. You should look it up. It's He's very angry. Purple Rain! <laughs> yeah, I gotta see bu- that now. Because that sounds like comedy gold. It is, but it's also like, what is wrong with Nicolas Cage? Please, somebody help him. Oh, that question's been out there for a long time. That's not he's a recent su- question. He was such a great actor, and now all of a sudden he's just batshit crazy. And I don't know. Why are we talking about Nicolas Cage? You brought him up. Yeah. Shut up, Rob. <laughs> I think somebody's got a man crush. Oh, I have a man crush on Christina Hendricks. How does that work? Such a, I'm a man and I have a crush on Christina Hendricks. <laughs> Such a crush that he had to look up her name again right before. Uh, I did. The I show. look. All I know is I, this is how I know Christina Hendricks. She's uh, Mal's wife from Firefly. That's it. That's how I know her. <laughs> Whenever I see, her, I'm like, oh, that's Mal's wife, and she's so hot. Nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was definitely a, a palate cleanser episode. Wasn't a whole lot here to really talk about. Other than, you know, it was it was fun watching Mal be totally uncomfortable in front of somebody he thought that was kind of, you know, inexperienced and innocent and turned out to be, you know, manipulating the entire crew, save maybe Anara. Uh, although she did end up in manipulating Anara at the end, too. Um, well, yeah, with that, with the Mal's dead comment. Yeah, yeah. When when Anara confronted her and they, they kind of trade quips, traded quips there for a second where... Um, Saffron was trying to, you know, seduce Anara and Anara saw right through it. And then Saffron realized that, you know, she was getting nowhere with Anara. And so decided to, to pull the Trump card and say, oh yeah, you might want to go check on Mal. Cause I, I dicked him up. So. Yeah, no, it was great. Cause it was, uh, it was, oh, you're good. No, you're good. Yeah. Like, where'd you learn to lie like that? Like, you know, it's this whole companion hooker horror thing that they got going on. <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't, I don't understand. And Inara was so pissed the whole episode, which kind of goes to the end when she thinks that he's dead. And then she's so relieved when he's not right. That she, she kisses him and then she passes out. Cause, cause uh, Saffron had the, the stuff on her lips, the knockout juice on her lips. I don't even know. What the narcotic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then she passes out to it. She's trying to play it off, right? This she is didn't the greatest kiss him. Part. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Saffron kissed her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the, <laughs> yeah, right. like the greatest part yeah. of the whole thing. Like, Mal would rather, <laughs> at the end of the episode, he calls her on her bullshit. And he's like, that's not what happened, is it? You didn't trip. Like, you told everybody. And she's like, no. And she was ready at that moment to confess her undying love for Captain Mal Reynolds. 
Right. And then to let the chips fall where they may. And hopefully he would reciprocate that love. And instead, he goes to softcore Showtime Saturday night porn. You kissed her, didn't you? Yeah. So, but I mean, this this kind of speaks to the character of Mal too. He's insanely clever. I mean, this this guy isn't dumb, but he is so clouded by his own biases sometimes that he can't see the the forest for the tree straight in front of his face. Yep. And yeah, you you kind of wonder how 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 far this goes and is this ever going to catch up to him? Is this going to put him in a predicament that, uh, you know, he's not going to be able to get out of because he can't see past his own biases. Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a movie called Serenity. We'll yes, talk about yes, later. Yes, I oh, know. Okay. I know. Right. For shit. That, that's what we call in the biz, a plug for the next. Oh, I thought it was foreshadowing <laughs> that too. Okay. I don't know. Uh, but I think when you when you when you think about Mal Reynolds in the Wild West, and we've I, I think I've made this illusion before that Star Trek was pitched to William Shatner as a Western in space, and this is a Western in space. Yeah, he is very much the Captain Kirk character, where sometimes he, he's very clever and he gets around things, and there is never a no win scenario for him. Like there's always a way out of everything. And if he can't think of it right then, he'll think of it later. And sometimes it's more luck than anything out, uh, anything else. And like you said, at some point, he, is, is his luck going to run out? Yeah. And he doesn't bed women as, as often as Captain Kirk either. So No, like, I, like what is his <laughs> problem? Like she said at the end of the episode, right before he clocked her, like she's like, you did really well because most men are, you know, wanting to jump in the sack within 10 minutes and it took you you know, a few days. Yeah. It would have taken me less than a few minutes. Like all, <laughs> like all together, like from start to finish, less than a few minutes. It's all I'm saying. You're, you're my wife. Okay, let's go. Let's consummate this marriage. Just right here. Everybody watching. Right. Here. Everybody, everybody. I don't even care. Everybody clear the cargo. This bay. is my I've wife. She's that hot. To take let's, care yeah, of. We're doing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, give me 10 seconds, please. Right. Like, she wouldn't have even had to have been the aggressor. I'd be like, yeah, let's do this. It's on. Game on. Like, my pants are off. Why is your Why are yours still on? Let's do this. Why, would you, would why? you make it past getting your pants off, or would it be Probably just kind not, of a- but you know what? I, it's space. They've got to have space Viagra somewhere. Let's do this now. Oh, you're just... Uh- yeah, there's something wrong with me. I know. No, there is definitely something wrong with me. So, you know, what I think. Oh, go ahead. I think I was going to say, I think James uh, is probably going to go to that special level of hell. <laughs> you know, <that> <laughs> yes. Child molesters yes. and people who talk in theaters. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, that yeah. was that was from uh, from from Shepard. Shepard yep. book. Uh, yeah. The the equivalency of yes, child molesters and people who talk in theater. So we 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 kind of know what one of his pet peeves is at this point. Right. Child I, molesters? I think everybody was thought this was funny, like the pod crawl said, except Anara, who was very pissed because she's obviously in love with Mal. But also Book. I don't think Shep thought this was really that funny. And he wanted to make sure, like he's the voice of reason, he's the conscience conscience of the ship, right? Right. So He's trying to keep Mal um, in his pants. Well, he's trying to keep Mal honest. 
I think yeah. if uh, Mal had said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and honor the, the marriage, Book would have been okay with it. You but, think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think the fact that he th- threw such a fit about it, you know, then he's like, well, you know, she's kind of naive, supposedly. Um, don't take advantage of her. Yeah. Especially if because you don't plan on Mal at that point staying. had already said, you know, we need to get a divorce. And that's when Bo- uh, Shep said that, you know, divorce is pretty much unheard of in their culture. Um, and then he came about and said, you know, she's very pretty. Don't take advantage of her. But yeah, I think very it, pretty. that's an understatement. Yeah. I, th- I think if Mal had, you know, decided to go ahead and honor the agreement that, yeah, book would have been okay with it. Yeah, done and done. Which the, the, here was the great thing for me is it it showed. So before you knew that Saffron was who she was and who's like this uh, former companion uh, trained in in all these things, and she's using her training for um, evil, I suppose. Uh, before you knew all of this, you just thought maybe she was this just this naive girl, and there was this backwater. Thing where she really was the submissive wife, which in in uh, many cultures, they're you know the here the, the wives are still submissive in in many cultures, uh, and so you saw this dichotomy between the submissive wife, the dutiful wife, the the I'm going to cook for you, clean for you, you know, serve you in any way possible, up to and including washing your feet, uh, and and you got uh, and you've got uh, a Zoe. He was like, no. <laughs> yeah. And no. what kind of loving does Zoe give Wash that he was, you know, able to to uh, avoid or or resist Saffron's feminine wiles? Cause Dude, Zoe's an African princess. I, she, I mean, she is definitely hot. She's a chocolate oh, yeah. goddess. Yeah. She's- I don't, can you say that? I don't know. I don't know, but I just did. <laughs> it sounds slightly racist. Well, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about all of this. Well, we just uh, lost all our uh, our uh, chocolate Did we lose candy, all of our uh, Asian uh, listeners uh, last time? Good yeah. God, Rob. I, I, I would we, be surprised we lost all the if we candy have any listeners the, left. So. <laughs> the chocolate makers. Good God almighty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, she's hot. So hot. You, can, you, can send, uh, you can send complaints to Rob at... <laughs> <laughs> ah, you don't know. You don't. Don't look it up. Yeah. Don't look it don't up. Don't look it up. I, I, I know your email address. Do, do you? Yeah. It'll be on the show notes. It'll be on the It'll show notes. On. Definitely check Thanks. out those show notes. Let Rob know what you think. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm typing an email right as we speak. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. To talk about. Uh, Dear your, Rob. Uh, yes, she is super hot. Sincerely, yes. Crowley. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Zoe. Um, yeah, so Wash was able to resist Saffron's uh, charms. Uh, he has a mocha lover. Yeah, and and stay faithful <laughs> and true to his marriage. So you know, kudos to that guy because, man, she was she was putting it on thick, and that's yeah, that's so her that's her special. But is it because? Is it because he's devoted to her or just afraid of her? Uh, that's a very good question. Well, maybe a little column A, a little yeah, column probably, B. Like, I would say <laughs> yeah. a lot of column B. Yeah, more column B than column A. <laughs> she's hot for sure, but I'm not sure she's that hot. I don't know. I saw her in a couple episodes before that, you know, you got a little 
little hip action uh, and, and showed her let mm, she's she's mm. yeah but you know what when when oh man god this this show is definitely done by three three dudes uh, <laughs> <laughs> when christina Hendricks was underneath uh uh underneath uh Philion, like and she was kind of squirming trying to you know get him to let her go oh yeah yeah I'm gonna need a minute. Okay, you, you just need a minute. Uh, if I hear any slapping, though, you're you're done. <laughs> so hot, so hot. So yeah, and then it, he clocked her. He clocked her. Yeah, in the end, he lets her go. What do you think that's about? You think that's I, just I think, so she can show up later in the series and fuck some shit up, or yes, yeah. Yes. And I'm I'm very I'm very glad for that. I I would have like so I'm I, I would have shot her. I'm the guy. In the in, in like in the zombie shows, who's like, yeah, dude, just shoot that dude. Like, this, <laughs> he's gonna be more fucking trouble than he's worth in ten minutes. Just shoot right. the motherfucker now. Like that's me. So I would have shot her. I would have been like, mm, yeah, I don't want to run into you again. Yes, the universe is big. It's not that big. You're done. He didn't. I'm glad he didn't because she's even more hot in later in the in the in the other episodes that she's in. Um, but yeah, um, I'm. I, I, hitting her though. Let me ask you this: Do you think that if they redid just this episode, would anything change? Oh, if today. they if they redid it today, yeah. Like, do you think they'd leave that in? Mal hitting a woman. I mean, it. it, yeah, it yes. Yeah, I think it works. Just because of number one, who Mal is. Number two, the setting that they're in. And number three, the danger that she poses. He didn't want her conscious as he, like, turned his back on her and left. There's no telling what she would have done. Um, he might not have made it out of that cabin if if he hadn't done what he did because uh, she, is, she yeah. is definitely a genuine threat. So no, instead I, of I, shooting her, he, he knocked her unconscious, let her live, but then also, you know, eliminated the risk to himself at the same time. Well, and that's logical. I'm just, I'm wondering if today there wouldn't have been a different ending with Inara doing it and Inara maybe saving Mal and then finding her, finding Saffron and then Inara knocking her out. But I, but like, I don't think that's in the pod crawl. In the but pod that's crawl, not Inara's yeah, character. Yeah, I don't think that yeah. speaks to Inara's character. Inara doesn't seek revenge like that because that would definitely be a, a, a revenge seeking action. Yeah. She's I don't love her, not a fighter. You know that that is uh, the understatement of the year because that scene was poorly choreographed, or maybe it was choreographed great, and they just didn't pull it off very well. <laughs> yeah, that was some shitty that fighting, a, but that was terrible. I'm like, <laughs> did she just fall? Like, why? What the fuck is going on? Who taught these two to fight? Was it like a ten minute? Was it just, hey, get Frank in the back, Frank? <laughs> Come to show these chicks how to take a punch. <laughs> like, is that what it was? And then Frank's like, all right, here's what you got to do. As he's smoking on an unfiltered cam, all right, here's what you got to do. <laughs> all right. So you're just going to, you're going to look like you're punching her, but you're not going to punch her. That's what you're going to do. So you punch, but you don't punch. I got a fifth of vodka back there. It's got my name on it. So you two just punch. But don't punch. Oh, and then throw your leg over her head. 
Yeah, you just do the splits in the air something. I don't know. I'll be back here drinking. If one of you dies, ah, fuck, I don't know. We'll, we'll, uh, I, I don't know. Ask the director. I got fucking shit to do. I think really that's what happened because it was terrible. Yeah, that, that was a, a poorly choreographed scene. Rob, what say you? For- uh, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out where Frank's from. <laughs> The the accent changed mid uh, yeah. mid rant there. It's a little muddled. You know? yes. Frank's a world traveler, so he got a mixture of accents. They are from space. That's right. Yeah, yeah. my bad. <laughs> Frank's dead. Frank will never yeah. come back. Frank, yeah, Frank's dead. So we're gonna see saffron again. Accents, I mean, that's oh yeah, definite. That's I'm very definite. much looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah. So Jane's town. This wait wait oh, go ahead wait wait. I have a Jane quote for our Mrs. Reynolds. Okay. I literally cra- cracked up. That's why I never kissed them on the yes, mouth. Yes, I've got that in my notes too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Never kisses was, them on the mouth. Yeah. That is my Jane quote for the... Uh, that was a lot, you know. When he's trying but, to trade Vera, his gun. Yeah. Yes, that was another one. <laughs> I absolutely I was like, love oh it. Oh, my God. I, I want your wife. Here, you can have my favorite gun. Yes. I mean, I can't fault the guy for trying. I mean, that's a good try. That was a sweet-looking gun. You don't deserve Would you have her. given up Vera for Saffron? Who, if I, wait, if I, if I owned Vera, which is a weapon. Right. Would I have tried to trade it for Saffron? Yes. That and everything else I own on the show. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rob? Um, yeah, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Rob is really? not as enthralled with uh, saffron no, as you are, James. I, I am not. I'm what about a, a, a Nara? Oh uh, yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. See, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn because Inara is like, is very, very, very hot. She is, and so is saffron. See, like, here's the, here's the issue though. Inara is smitten more or less by Mal, so. It'd be, yeah. it'd be tough competition. Yeah. Like, um, she'd put her all into it, I guess, because, you know, that's what she was trained to do, but I'd still know yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, she, yeah. all I'd have to do is get cleaned up and put some fancy clothes on, and I could have Kaylee. Oh, jeez. <laughs> she looks good, especially in Greece. <laughs> yes. Janestown. Yes, she does. Right. Janestown. We, that's, that's where we learn that uh, Simon thinks that Kaylee's pretty. No. No, she's no. pretty. Pretty. Yes, she's pretty pretty. Especially covered in grease. Especially covered in Especially grease. Covered. Which is probably the nicest thing Simon has ever said to her. And all mm-hmm. it took was for him to get shit-faced. Shit-faced yes. drunk. Yeah, blackout drunk. Probably doesn't, so blackout probably drunk doesn't has been the theme it. for uh, these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't remember if he had had sex with her or not the night before. Mm. No, and no. that's kind of how the episode ends. Uh, right before, you know, there's that lighthearted moment where she's like, so when we made love last night. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? And she's like, you really are a mark. Yeah. Like, you are such an easy mark. Yeah. yeah. And then and then that's when it goes and we have that, that uh, Jane self-reflection moment, which is, I think, shows a, it's like you said, it changes the dynamic of who Jane is. He's gone from wanting nothing but ears to what, why to having some like, depth he, of character. He, he actually, yeah, he has this existential crisis yeah. that well, he can't fathom. Yeah. Cause somebody 
uh, sacrifice themselves for him. And he doesn't yeah. understand it. He doesn't understand yeah. why. He's he's such a pragmatist that he can't imagine that even after people knew who he was and what he did, they would still stand up for him and sacrifice themselves for him because he himself wouldn't do that for somebody else. Again, we're confronted it, with um, the theme of faith. And what people choose to f- put their faith in. And there's this great scene between um, the shepherd and and River mm-hmm. where she's fixing the Bible. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's full like, of contradictions and, 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 and inaccuracies, and she's going to fix it. And she's going to fix it, right. And she's like, Noah's Ark is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but we can, we, can, uh, we can explain that away with some, some quantum theory, yeah. Right. And so, and, and books like, yeah, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Uh, and so there's this moment where you kind of realize that, I mean, again, it's foreshadowing where what do people put their faith in? What did Mal put his faith in before? He put it in the resistance and the resistance let him down and he lost his faith. And now you've got Shepard trying to explain faith to, to River, who is such a genius and so screwed up because of what the Alliance did to her that she can't even fathom faith. And then she's scared by his hairdo, which seems kind of racist. And then... <laughs> it wasn't racist. Zoe even said that it scared her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she no, said, that's too much hair. That is too much hair. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then at the end, you have uh, this crisis of... of trying to understand faith. So you've gone from, you know, Mal who's lost his faith to River who can't fathom faith to, to uh, uh, Jane who is for all intents and purposes, finding faith, not so much for himself, but trying to understand faith through others in their faith in him. So, I really like these, these, these conversations and these, I mean, it's very philosophical. It's very, I mean, one could argue it's even very theological uh, with some of the uh, uh, themes that go on in this show from time to time. And, and these are the episodes that I really, I really like, and I really gravitate towards because it, it mixes um, the future of sci-fi, like the futurism and the technological aspects of it uh, with, and in this case with, with, with the old West and then it throws in, you know, these arguments of faith and what is it and why does it exist and who needs it and why do they need it? And so, yeah, I mean, again, favorite TV show ever because of, of, of this. Yeah, the, the writing on this series has been really top notch. It's, it's been incredible at times. It's been a little shaky at other times, but uh, overall, I mean, it's, it's, really, it's really been a cut above. Uh, for moments like this, um, the character development stories are, are some of the stories that, uh, that I enjoy the best. I, I enjoy the action. Um, some of the, you know, the, the lighthearted kind of um, palate cleansing episodes are, are fine, but I really dig into the stories that develop the characters that show us who those characters are and how those characters interact with one another. Uh, that, that's what I'm interested in seeing. And so 
before now, Jane has been just kind of an annoyance to me. Um, he, he's been there to either move the plot ahead or uh, solve a, solve some problem with he's there his to brawn. shoot things. Say what? He's there to shoot things. Yeah, he's, he's there to, to, to solve problems with, with his brawn. Um, but we, we see here that, that he's actually, he's, he's thoughtful when he needs to be. Um, and he's, he's actually got, uh, emotions. He, 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 he can actually understand and well, maybe not understand because it confuses him. I mean, he, he doesn't understand. And I think that's the point. Um, he, he's, he lacks empathy which kind of follows with his character, who's a borderline sociopath. Um, but he's he's struggling with that because he's not able to empathize with the people that are willing to sacrifice with him. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see if he can ever bridge that gap. I mean, are you looking for an answer? Because there's this movie called Serenity. Where yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. We haven't gotten there yet. And maybe oh, not everybody a... that listens to the show has gotten there yet. <laughs> they may be just following along with us. So you might. I didn't know if you wanted an answer or not. I was just asking. I apologize. Uh, no, I, I, I think you're 100% right, um, which I don't say often about things that come out of your mouth. But, yeah, I, you're, 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 you're right about this. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't talking to you, Rob. I was talking to Jason. Just, I just uh, want to be clear. You, know, you can't recognize real genius when you see it. I understand that, but everything that comes out of my mouth is right. Uh, okay, we'll go with see? that. We'll go yeah, with see? that. Yeah. You agree? Therefore, I'm right. <clears throat> I don't. Oh my god. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> what do you have? What what thoughts do you have about this episode, Rob? Um. About Janestown, I thought it was, uh, you know, it was it was very good on on moving Jane. I mean, it was uh, as far as giving him some depth and not being the brawn. You know, that's that's actually one of the things I had not brawn I put on there. He's not just the uh, hired gun, mm-hmm. um, you know. And and we see that there's th- there's something that does phase him. You know, you know, it, it normally it's it's either he's you know he doesn't like what what's going on, but he's gonna do it. Uh, in previous episodes, you know, he, he might not agree, but he does it. Or there's you know he, he's kind of negative Nelly, you know. But in this one, you know, in this one, he actually is having a uh, a moment of uh, a crisis of conscience uh, because somebody died for him. Um, and he doesn't well, think that's right. Yeah, well, I think it's the dichotomy so, between what they've built Jane to be, which is this self-centered right. uh, out for himself. And it wasn't just in this episode. It's been all of the episodes. I'm here to get paid. Right. I want paid. Where's my money? We're not here to do this. We're here for money. Like, So it's always been for him. It's about the money. It's about the bottom line. And and it starts this episode off the same way where, you know, when he, they, he finds out that he's being, you know, basically worshipped by these people where he's like, I was stealing from the magistrate and I had to kick, I had to kick the, the, the gold overboard because but first the plane he kicked was, his partner overboard. Well, he didn't he, say that first. He didn't yeah, say right. that. He didn't tell anybody that. <laughs> and uh, he didn't, he didn't say that he kicked the uh, gold overboard. He just said, that's where it went. Yeah. And then they got it um, out of him and he's like, yeah, I had a, the plane was going down. I had to, I, I had to lighten the load. So it all went overboard. And he's like, however much it was 60,000 gold and all, you know, untraceable. 
Uh. Like it was all, it's all about <laughs> him. And even, I mean, it was so much about him that he didn't want to tell anybody that he, he kicked the, his partner overboard. Now, is it because he knew how Mal would react or was it, he didn't even care. I don't think he cared. Right. Which again goes he- to somebody else doing something for him because the crew doesn't do anything for Jane. They do it for Mal. And even he does things for Mal because he gets paid to do things for Mal. Right. So for him, it's all very much a logical, I'm here to get paid. 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 Now here are these people, literally mud farmers. And they're there for him. Like that, he's what keeps them going. It's not money. It's not even the hope of, of, of getting out. It's the hope that he's going to come and back and save them. Right? It's not that they're going to be any better than what they're. And even when they find out that he, that when they find out what he is, like we all know what he is, he's a hired gun. He's muscle and he's in it for himself and nothing else. When they find out about it, they don't care. Yeah. He's their folk hero. Yeah. So much so that one guy sacrifices himself, uh, himself for him. And, and so I, that's the dichotomy for me that, that that's like that, that kind of stuff. Like they nail, like sometimes the dialogue is a little cheesy, like depending right. on who the writers were for the episode, but these themes that, that are in these episodes, um, that aren't palate cleansers are just so well done. Uh, and even some of the themes in some of the palate cleansers are so well done. Uh, yeah. That it, it it really wants you to it keeps you coming back for more. I like that we get a little bit more of Kaylee and Simon's relationship. Um, we we actually is it really he, a relationship? I mean, well, he's it's drunk. it's starting to form. Uh, I, I think they have. I think they have. A, yeah, and I think uh, they've come to a okay. mutual respect of one another um, because Kaylee has been off put by by Simon's pretentious manner, right? She says so at the end of the episode. And Simon says, look, I am way out of my element. This is the only aspect of myself that, you know, I have to show who I am and that I can control. So this, this is me. This is how I control my situation. This is how I keep in touch with, you know, who I am in my past. It's not to be pretentious, but if I'm polite to you, that's because I respect you and I like you. So, I like you a lot. <laughs> I may not be a smart man, Jenny, but, but I know a... what love is. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> wow. Maybe uh. Frank needs to come back. I don't... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, let's go into awards. I got. I have a question. Okay, what do you I got? Do, I do have a question. So, um, how do you guys think landlock works? Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's dumb and a poor piece of writing. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, depending. So I didn't see exactly what they landed on. If they landed on like a landing pad, uh, or, no, it was dirt. It was dirt. It was dirt. It was, it was dirt. dirt. Yeah, yeah, it was dirt. Know. No, That's I'm sorry. It was mud. Mud. So yeah, that 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 was a a plot device. I mean, I yeah, I yeah. mean, I can understand landlock. Like you know, if you're on a pad or something, they yeah. magnetize the pad or something like that. But no, it's that's silly because yeah. for a smuggling ship, 
for a ship that's that's got two fugitives on it now at all times, like they would have found a way around la- uh, land right. a long time ago. So it, right. it's a poor, it was just a plot device. It was poorly thought out, poorly written. But, you know, <laughs> you're going to come across those things. Like, you're go- it doesn't matter what you're watching. You're going to come across those things. And sometimes, uh, you know, you just kind of have to suspend disbelief and go with the flow and understand that it was done for uh, sake of the story, which in this case was Anara turning this dude into a man, but it wasn't the way that his father had envisioned him being turned into a man. Yeah. She gave, she gave the guy a voice. She, she gave him confidence. He was able to, you know, use his voice, stand up to his dad, show a little bit of defiance and, and a little bit of a fuck you and, and allow the crew to, to leave. And I really feel like some of these characters that we have uh, come across so far, these ancillary characters like this guy, I don't even remember his name. I feel like we would have seen them later on had the show continued because it shows, I feel like they wanted to show what impact this one little ship with this little crew had on the universe at large, culminating in what we see in Serenity. Right. So. All right. Any other thoughts before we move on to awards? Uh, Nope. Nope. All right. Well, uh, Rob, who's got your uh, Black Lung Award? Um, this one was really hard. Um, That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, but in better words. Uh, like no, she even, lungs, yeah, no. Uh, my nethers. Saffron I, I did say to dream that she, what did she say please. to Mal? She said, uh, I am uh, swollen. When Swollen. I think about you inside yeah. of me. And That's then she right. looked down and said, and so I see funny. you are too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so my black lung goes to Saffron because she was smoking hot sitting in that bed <laughs> naked. Okay. Mm. <laughs> James. Yeah. Man. She gets a different award. <laughs> she gets a different <laughs> award of mine uh, that I will give her later. In my dreams. Uh, the Black Lung Award for me oh. goes to the, uh, it only take a few minutes, the gentleman who took buckshot to the lung for Jane. He he got straight smoked. Yes. Yes, he did. Nice. Um, so my Black Lung Award is going to go to Jane uh, in this episode for, for his use of fire in cutting the doors open. And getting them back on the bridge so that they can uh, repair the damage that Saffron did and and not get caught in the uh, in the spider web. So, hey, look at you! Yeah, that's clever. That's a clever use of the Black Lung Award. I yeah. like it. Getting all kinds of clever. Um, What's your head lush? So my head lush award for this episode is going to. Uh, Simon, it almost went to Mal for getting blackout drunk and married, <laughs> but uh, Simon kind of over kind of overtook him by getting blackout drunk and uh, hitting on Kaylee on, on mutters on mutters milk. Yes, Ugh. it's like it's it's alcoholic bread. Yeah, alcoholic protein liquid bread. and fifteen yeah. percent alcohol. Ugh, gross. All right, James, who's got your uh, head lush? Uh, my head lush uh, is going to go to Mal because he got blackout drunk and married to the hottest chick on <laughs> on that stupid planet. Okay, Rob. 
So mine was a tie. Um, and mine went to Jane and Mal uh, because <laughs> because they said, how drunk was I last night? I don't know. I passed out. I passed out. So they both yes. got blackout drunk. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that was amazing because it just, shows, like, even that, that shows the, the camaraderie that they have, even though they're always at odds with, with each other and they know that that they would have no qualms putting the other one down. They know where they stand with each other, and because of that, they have this camaraderie, this this they brotherhood where they can go get blackout drunk like brothers tend to do. Yeah, and I loved when when uh, Jane was trying to buy Mal's wife, and uh, Mal said, "Just go pay, go play with your stick, <laughs> go play with your rain <laughs> stick." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so. Rob, who's got your uh, player award? Um, well, my player award's going to go to Simon for his excellent wordsman wordsmithship uh, for uh, Kaylee. You know, saying you're pretty, pretty, <laughs> especially yeah. when you're covered in grease. Especially <laughs> when you're covered in grease. That, right. That's just that was just icing on the cake. The, yeah. the what really got her in was saying you're pretty, pretty. You're pretty, right. pretty. Yes. Well, yeah, mine actually goes to Kaylee for the same scene because he's he's saying that and he's like, even when you're covered in grease, no, no, especially when you're covered in grease. And then Mal comes over and he's like, all right, I need you two to do whatever. And she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. We're busy. It, things are going very well here. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I get that, but I need you to go. And she's like, no, you don't understand, Captain. Things are going very well. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, things are going very well. Then in that case, you two stay here. Have things keep going very well. I'm going to go do whatever it was he was going to do. Yeah, so, you, yeah. you two stay here watch and watch Jane. Jane. Yeah, yeah I've, I've gotten my notes. Mal tried to cock block Kaylee. <laughs> yeah, and Kaylee was not having it. No. Like, so the player award for, you know, for me goes to, goes to Kaylee. Okay. So my player award is going to go to Saffron because... Not only did she play Mal for a sucker, but she played pretty much the entire crew for a sucker. Um, so she easily, easily gets my player award for this mm. this episode. Yeah. She's going to get my player award later. <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> delete, 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 delete. <laughs> oh, anyway, so uh, Purple Hippo, who's got yours, Rob? Um, I, uh, this one's a stretch. I said Simon, um, because he kept saying, this is what going mad feels like, uh, when Jane's <laughs> hero song was being sung. No, this is what going mad feels <laughs> yeah. like. Yes. So I, I'm fig I'm figuring, you know, it, it, it's really the only purple hippo I saw. Okay. Really. Um, James. Yeah. I, I, it's like I keep thinking that it's River. It's always River. She's yeah. going to have the Purple Hippo Award in perpetuity throughout this series. <laughs> she seemed pretty you, lucid this episode up until she saw Chef's hair. You can't fix the Bible. You cannot fix the Bible. Like the whole that whole scene. Like I'm sitting there going, "This is really funny." It's also really wrong on so many levels. <laughs> you can't fix the Bible. Stop. What are you doing? So, yeah, now that she gets my Purple Hippo Award for trying to fix the Bible. All right. Uh, so my Purple Hippo Award is going to go to Inara for her 
uh, second degree narcotic uh, exposure whenever she kissed Mal. <laughs> I, so I thought she tripped. Uh, yeah, yeah, she tripped after she passed out from kissing yeah. Mal on the lips. Oh, but she was she still had some of the narcotic effects after they woke her up. And you could definitely tell that she was tripping balls. So yeah, so so oh, yeah. so Mal gets Mal gets the full on effect, right? Right. Like he gets he gets it straight from the source. Mm-hmm. Um, he wakes up, and he's more or less better. Well, but know, they gave him okay. an antidote. Uh, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon oh, okay. gave him a, an injection that that How countered the effects. Did you think they were just waiting for him to wake up? Well, no. I okay, but then. Sh- but she was woken up too, so she I, didn't have as nearly yeah. as strong a dose as right, he did. Right, right, right. So yeah. they didn't, yeah. But no, she was, was still, yeah. And then when woozy, she, yeah, she didn't want anybody to know that, so she right. was like, "I don't need anything." I'm no, fine. I just hit my head. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna lay here. Did you watch the episode? Shut your face. <laughs> I did. I did. I'm sorry. I was too busy typing my Jane quote of that's why I never kissed them on the mouth. <laughs> I looked down for a second. So did Jane. Yes. All right. Uh, any final thoughts before we take off uh, here? No, no. Just, uh, just you know, you can't, uh, you can't fault the Cantons for uh, having a hero... The man they call Jane. What do we have <laughs> on our next episode coming up? It'll be episodes eight and nine. Eight and nine. Oh, this one has, uh, this one is Out of Gas. Yeah. So Out of Gas is episode eight, and Ariel is episode nine. So, man, I cannot wait to talk about Ariel. both of these. Ariel. So, so this one's a uh, Little Mermaid theme. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Little Mermaid. Lots of lots of singing. Small little crab with a Jamaican accent. Yeah, a slightly racist crab. Yeah. What do you mean, Mon? You can't do that accent either. I know. <laughs> well, and not just because it's racist, because he sucks at it. Well, right. Yes, it's like too. my Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Frank's over here. He's uh, over here, man. Like, it's terrible. You can't do it. Stop. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Our pod crawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at eargluemedia.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at status underscore podcast or email us at smoking and drinking in space at outlook.com. Be sure to check out all the excellent podcasts at eargluemedia.com and Of course, like I say every week, the poorly thought out and sometimes questionable opinions expressed on this show are ours, and they are definitely poorly thought out. And they're probably not shared by Eagerly Media or anyone else. So, uh, for this week, I'm Jason. Uh, We need to go to a crappy town where I'm the hero. Christina, come back. I've got your player award. It's right here. And we'll talk to you next week.